Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Naturalist Capitalist. Uh, if I were a professional, which I should be at this point, but I'm still not, I would have had this link set up like yesterday or something so you'd be prepared and know it was coming. But uh, I've been running around like crazy doing all sorts of shit. So uh, we're just we're just going live without any warning. So buckle up. It's going to be fun. Um I am streaming to Facebook again. I haven't done that for like a year, and I figured I'd just start doing it again. So there you go. Now I'm streaming to Facebook and YouTube, and then everything saves over on Odyssey, and I will upload everything to podcast format on Podbean, which puts it out to um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that shit. And you can listen to them there if you'd rather do that than watch them on YouTube or Odyssey or Facebook. But uh, let's see what else I um, oh, yeah, I've condensed my links in the description. They're just in my link tree now because it was getting ridiculous. I had like 20 links for people to follow me, but just click on the link tree and that brings you to every single platform I'm on. Please go there. Follow me on all those platforms. You can also um, you can also buy shirts on there. You can subscribe to my Substack. And you can join my Telegram channel, which is something I'm really trying to push. Uh, getting near 200 followers on Telegram. It's not fast growth, but I think it's uh, it's one of those platforms that seems like it's going to be the way of the future in some ways. So if you want to go follow me there, please do that. Anyway, tonight on the show, I, uh, this guy just had me on his show last week. And he's done a lot of artwork. He's probably like king of Liberty memes. Um, he's very good at them. I've been star. I've starred in a few of his memes. Uh, my favorite one that he did was when I had Tom Woods on the show with the uh, shades because he had just had LASIK surgery. Uh, this guy took the Blues Brothers and superimposed Tom's face and my face on top of it. It was pretty funny. That's still the thumbnail for that video. Uh, go check that out if you haven't seen that. I forget what episode it is, but had Tom was on the show. Anyway, this guy does all sorts of funny memes like that. He makes funny videos and he also has his own show, Dave versus Goliath. And he's had a lot of interesting people on and had a lot of good conversations. Dave Casey, how are you doing tonight, man? Reed, I'm doing great. Thanks for that intro, man. That was really nice. I appreciate it. Yeah. Good to be here. Yeah. Well, I had Brian McWilliams on Tuesday and we were talking about how um, how remarkable it is with how many libertarians there are and how much weaponized autism there is within <laughs> that group. There's like remarkably few people with artistic abilities, I, I would say, like given the number of people there are. But you're certainly one of those people with the artistic abilities. Um, is that something you've toyed around with forever? Or is that a more recent thing you've been doing? Or w w where did you start like playing with videos and photography and everything? Yeah, um, so... I guess, yeah, probably, like, memes and stuff, like, yeah, probably, the, like, the beginning of the Mises Caucus, and uh, I've always kind of been, like, a fake it till you make it kind of guy, so, like, I've never been a photographer or a graphic designer, but um, I use Josh Smith as an example of this, because, like, when he would run for a chair or whatever was was going on, like I would make a meme for him and he would hit me up and be like, can you do one, you know, make a quick video? I'm like, no, nah, I don't know how to do that. And like, but then I would figure out how to do it like quick, you know, like just whatever, man, do a quick Google. Oh, you can mm -hmm. do that. turns out it's like pretty easy to, you know, just do some quick edited videos or whatever, make a quick GIF or even make a podcast, you know, like 
just mm-hmm. get out there and do it, man. But um, yeah, I like making memes for the caucus because I was pumped that like there was going to be a space for the Ron Paul revolution. And that was very appealing. And I liked kind of like just being like a, like a cheerleader, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're fucked. Just get people excited a little bit in the beginning. You need some of that spark, man. So yeah, started with the memes and then, you know, escalated from there, I guess. But yeah, I love it. Yeah. I respect the fake it till you make it attitude. Cause that is how I live my life. hundred percent. Like, um, you know, I, I always laugh at people who want to start backpacking or start skiing or start podcasting or start whatever. And they go out and they buy thousands of dollars worth of equipment and they've never even tried the hobby that they're interested in pursuing. You know, they've yeah. never actually just gone and rented a pair of skis for the day and actually decided to see if they're good at it at all. Or, you know, podcasting. They don't actually have anything to talk about. They've got a great green screen set up with great graphics and super cool special effects. But the podcast just has no meat to it or, you know, they're, they don't have any endurance or interesting and actually building a sweat and any interest in building a sweat and working hard or whatever but they buy like these super nice backpacks and all this you know super expensive 511 gear that they wear into the mountains and they go twice and then the shit sits in the garage for three years and never gets used again i mm-hmm. i've never respected that at all i 100 percent respect the guys who just like kind of dive into something and figure out how to do it and then as they realize they like doing something then they're like okay you know now i'm gonna invest in this and that that's where i fall short even after i've realized i'm good at something or realized i want to pursue something i still like don't buy the shit forever like i think it was episode like 180 before i got a good microphone or something it was something <laughs> ridiculous like that and it was like all right Reed, it's that's, part of the appeal that's a little though, ridiculous but i know but yeah. uh, have, are you like that in other areas of your life too or are you just are you just a jump in and figure it out type of guy in general or Oh, no, man. I'm actually from the majority of my life, I've been rather risk averse. Uh, and I really? hate to give the caucus more props, but like the take human action thing, like really was mm-hmm. a good mantra. Like if you just dude, if you say something to yourself, like most days of the week, you're like, you could say if you say to yourself, I hate myself seven days a week, you're going to fucking hate yourself. If you say right. take you, hum- I'm going to take human action. I'm going to do something today. I'm going to put something out. I'm going to like reach out into the universe and like create. And see what happens. Like if you just do that, dude. I'm, I, I'm. I know it sounds a little corny, but like, cool things can happen. Like whether or not that's what you intended to happen, or that you get the end result that you wanted or not. Cool things happen when you put stuff out into the universe. So, uh, I mean, yeah, more of that the better. But I, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't always been like that. But um, I'm trying to do more of it. Uh oh. Uh oh, I wonder if. Yeah, I think I'm hosting the show. <laughs> Reed, you there, buddy? Any hooser? I host a show called Dave versus Goliath. Uh, we do shows on Monday nights typically. We just had one tonight because uh, some scheduling conflict. But uh, yeah, it's me and my buddy Dan. We host it uh, together. And talk about uh, there he is. Well, case in point, that's ac- this actually isn't my fault. It's not from uh, 
faulty equipment, but um, I'm at Phil's house and his internet just gave out for me for some reason. So I'm using as my long as it wasn't me, I'm now. okay with it. I'm glad it wasn't me. <laughs> All good, dude. <laughs> so I'm sure whatever you just said was great, but I didn't hear. I told I plugged so, myself. Uh, told everyone in the audience. Oh, there you go. Well, I told you it was great. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, that's right. I, I hope I'm back for the uh, duration of the episode. At this point, you're not the first guy to end up solo on my show, as I'm sure you're aware. That's uh, that happened a few times. It's been a while though. That was kind of that was a little embarrassing. So I apologize to everyone. Oh, good man. Um, <laughs> Next so, time I'm doing a dance. Uh, <laughs> so speaking of plugging yourself, uh, what? Wh why did you start the Dave versus Goliath? show and what is it about it sounds like you're, you're taking on giants with just a slingshot uh yeah. you're ready to go take on the world what, what what was the what was the idea behind the podcast and what have you turned it into at this point yeah so uh i'm a little bit older i think than the majority of the guys who are getting into this you know typically i'm, I'm 41 uh i was kind of like ready to start i've always been like a truther guy more like um you know, I was a 9-11 guy early on. I know we, I've seen you do some good reporting on that. Um, I have some great guests on that. Um, but that was like before Liberty and all that shit came that first. That's what like led to the exploration of like, okay, like where's the source of all this corruption? Oh, like government, right? Um, mm -hmm. But no, I guess, I don't know. What was your original question? Sorry, repeat that one more time. Uh, why did you start the show? Like what, what inspired right. you to get so it going? I and what has it turned into since then? Yeah, I think I was getting ready to like, just chill out at like 40 and then the pandemic happened, dude. And, um, mm -hmm. that was like ev everything that I had kind of like been, I'll use the term war gaming, you know, like just kind of like in your head, you can play it out how they would do it, how this would go. Again, this is like Alex Jones was right type of shit, like the, the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, but I would have just chilled out like, all right, man, maybe this one world thing is not going to be the thing that it is. And I could just sail off and live a happy life. But that shit threw me for a loop, man. I was like in the beginning, like you couldn't travel from PA to Delaware, Delaware to PA. You couldn't go to work. Like I was just like, this is the worst shit I've ever fucking seen. And mm -hmm. I felt like one i didn't want to lose contact with like my friends and like lose um like that connection you know what i mean like mm -hmm. with just people like people were staying in and people were like not seeing other people it was just like so bizarre man um so that was like my first inclination i was like yo we need to keep like the lines of communication open and we need to talk mm -hmm. about this shit as much as we can um and also, I saw like, you know, kind of like an opening in the space. Like I've heard a lot of people say there's a lot of libertarian podcasts, but I don't, I mean, there's some, but I don't think there's enough. Like we should have more podcasts. There should be more, con like you said, more, more creators. I don't think that we're anywhere even close. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I kind of just figured, all right, if there's a time to do it, it's probably now. You'll enjoy it. Um, everybody's on Zoom. You know, everybody can... And again, you were talking about uh, earlier, you know, using what you got and before you go out and buy all the shit. Like I was using my iPhone. You know what I mean? I do have a mm -hmm. green screen back here, but, uh, you know, I didn't invest 
like a lot of money. I, I, I do a lot with, I did anyway, with iMovie and GarageBand, man, these things that just come on your phone. Like these are miracles and you can do a lot with, with those without spending any kind of, any kind of bucks. Um, yeah. but yeah, the podcast, dude, I just figured why not? Like I should try this if, at the very least I could talk to cool people. Um, and again, keep the lines of communication open, maybe learn some shit and, um, hopefully like best case scenario, like build out the community and maybe affect some change. Yeah. <laughs> when I first started the podcast, um, I, so I, I had moved out West from New Hampshire to get a trucking job. And then I'd had a, a bunch of uh, interviews that were lined up that just fell flat because of COVID because it was right in March of 2020. So I was living out in the Rocky Mountains um, with my aunt and uncle, helping them build their house. And I just recorded a couple of podcasts and we were way off the grid. The it, it was almost like having dial up internet service again. So I would record an episode on Skype with a friend and it would be super fucking choppy. And then I would, it would take like, you know, literally all day and night for it to upload to YouTube. And then I ended up getting a job out in Utah and I moved into an apartment and I didn't have any Wi-Fi because I had to be home for them to come install it. But I was just trucking all day, every day. So I was gone for, you know, weeks and weeks. And I kept trying to organize a time because they wouldn't come on the weekends. They'd only do it during the regular five day work week. So I tried to, you know, fit a day, could come be around while they were there. And I missed them two different times. And so I had a, I have a tablet, just a, uh, a Mac or, you know, Apple tablet. And I would just put it on the kitchen table, leaning up against my lunchbox and use LTE service to record the episode on Skype. And then I'd go to McDonald's and sit in the parking lot where I could pick up the Wi-Fi and download it because it would go to the cloud on Skype or whatever. And then I would download it onto my computer and then put the intro in and edit it a little bit and then put it up on YouTube. <laughs> so it's Holy just like... Shit. That's how you got to do it, man. Like if you're starting out, like if you got an idea, you just kind of go for it. And then if it takes off, it, you know, it takes off. So I don't know. I think Hell it's yeah, great, man. man. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing and you just jumped in and filled a gap. And I think it's great. Um, Thanks, brother. So where, whereabouts in Delaware are you? I've uh, I've got family and or they're just outside of Wilmington, Delaware over. I don't know if you've been to Brandywine creek uh state oh, yeah. park they're over in that area nice area we do, but, we do uh, a lot of tubing yeah down the brandy one yeah and uh yeah we're really i'm <laughs> nice. in newcastle so i'm 10 minutes outside of wilmington about 25 30 minutes yep. from philly yep yep yeah delaware's uh i don't know i don't like most of it but there are some like really nice spots that are kind of underrated like once you get off the beaten path it is yeah. you know very pretty country and um same with new jersey actually like new jersey people definitely don't think of like farmland and you know kind of nice country roads or whatever but once you get away from new york city and you get a little bit south jersey's actually pretty nice in some areas i think hell yeah man i don't have to tell you this bro you've been everywhere <laughs> in the truck but um yeah. i used to i used to tour with uh dan the co-host on my show used to play drums in a signed band and I, I worked for the band for a couple of years and we went everywhere, mm -hmm. like everywhere, 49 States, everywhere except Alaska. And there's a lot of farmland, man. This is, this is yeah. 
I say this, I'd say this to everybody. This is Trump country. This is not, um, what I mean by that, it's just, America is rural. It's all, mm-hmm. that's what it is. And there's these little, whether it's Wilmington or Philly or Pittsburgh, or there's these, you know, these little outposts of shittiness that fucking destroy everything and stack people and destroy all the agriculture and put up, you know, a pavement over everything. And there's no trees, there's no fresh air, there's no fresh water and industry from mm-hmm. 200 years ago. And yeah, they want to run everything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, I tell everybody just get the fuck out of the city. I saw some guy tweet the other day he said, uh, moving out of the city is code for, I don't want to live around black people. I'm like, mm-hmm. I looked at his profile. He like lives in the city. He was like Democrat voter, like fucking pronouns, Ukraine flag, the whole, the whole shebang. You're a racist <laughs> piece of shit, bro. I hate to break it to you. You're the racist. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. If you're saying something. No, like yeah. I mean, I've always noticed, you know, cause I used to do power line work. Um, the, the people who are living out in the country and just want to have electricity, um, you know, if you say, hey, sorry, we got to cut this tree down because it's just growing too close to the power lines or we got to trim this or we got to set the pole right next to your flower garden. Sorry, that's just where it's got to go. All the people who live in the real world who understand like, OK, there's no, um, you know, there's no perfect solution to everything. They're kind of OK with that. They're just like, yeah, all right, whatever you got to do, what you got to do. It's always the snotty white liberal from you know, some city who has a vacation home that you're trying to, you know, just put a pole on the corner of the street, you know, to get the wires around. And and they always freak out. They're always like, that's too close to, you know, my flower garden, or that's going to mess me up when I try to uh, mow my lawn or whatever, you know, they're the, (laughs) they're the biggest pains in the ass. And they're also the ones with the highest demands. They like always are pushing for, you know, more um, electric cars and more, uh, you know, more battery powered stuff. And they don't realize like a lot of the things they're pushing for can hurt the environment more. And they're also going to create um, needs for more power lines, more right of ways, more trees getting cut down. Like there's this it's so funny in New Hampshire. There's this project that's been shot down a couple of times. It was called the Northern Pass. And they were going to run power lines from uh quebec down to new hampshire massachusetts connecticut and it was gonna um it was gonna be run by the uh turbines up at this big dam up in quebec so it would have been 100 percent clean energy which is what all these liberals always say they want but um it got shot down and it, w- it was in a sort of bipartisan banner but a lot of the people railing against this were environmentalists because they didn't want to have to cut down like eight miles of trees to extend a right away that could go all the way up to Canada. And so there's this big coal plant in Bow uh, called the Merrimack power plant that had been shut down uh, and they were trying to phase things toward more clean energy. But then when the Northern pass got shot down, it's like, well, I guess that's not going to work anymore. And so the Merrimack power plant was fired up again, coals burning, you know, these people just can't get out of their own way. They have no idea what they're talking about. And they want their they want to eat they want to have their cake and eat it too, and I don't know I just hate them man they're they're stupid they don't understand how the world works and they're they're the real elitists you know they really are <laughs> dude I've, I've you guys probably I think it was coined on your show white women must be stopped but like yeah the yeah the the idea that a liberal American white woman 
in 2022 is that, like I think that they think that they could play victim when in fact they are the most privileged class of human being to ever walk the earth. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a disconnect. It's like the upside down, you know, we got to find somewhere maybe in the middle, but yeah, they're the worst ruining everything, undoing it. Tom Woods did a great, uh, Mises Institute speech on, uh, ingrates, just the people that don't realize what has been like offered to like handed to them. They don't realize that they are like the stewards of now to like you leave behind you. Every, every generation before you is mate like left. I think the boomers are the first to like fuck this up, but every generation before you is supposed to like leave more for the next generation, like leave the kids better off. And like, there's this disconnect, this like anti-human movement going on right now, bro. It's fucking that up. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, wanted to talk about Alex Jones a little bit because he's in court right now. I haven't been following it super closely, but um, yeah. What do you think about Alex Jones? I think you're a fan, right? You've been following him for a while, or so. In yeah, I, I guess you know it's a complicated relationship, but like going mm-hmm. back, almost. I don't want to say at least 15 years. Like, yeah, that guy was putting out, first of all, he was putting out, I think the first time I ever saw Ron Paul was on his show probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when no news organizations in 2008, nine, 10 were, you know, giving him the time of day, like he would be on Alex Jones and he could, he, he could get a half hour, you know? Mm-hmm. But beyond that, dude, yeah, he's been right about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, when you really look back and, um, he really hurt my feelings with the Trump um, endorsement and like kind of tying on to that thing. But at the same time, he's been pretty apologetic about that. Like people who make mistakes in the public, whatever, mm-hmm. they don't typically apologize for a lot or like say, hey, man, I was I was wrong about this. And like he's done plenty of that. Um, so I don't know. Everybody makes mistakes. We know lots of people that jumped on the Trump train, you know, so it's like. Whatever, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. I can't hate you for that. I um, mm-hmm. I understand the appeal. The motherfuckers who worked for Cambridge Analytica literally were like, "You need to do what the Ron Paul campaign did, minus the foreign policy shit, and we'll get you elected." That's like that was the plan. <laughs> so it's like they built the whole revolution was like there, waiting for something to kind of take, you know, to lead it. Mm-hmm. Some of half. I don't know what the percentage is, but lots went. Um. I still don't know what the fuck's up with Trump, man. I tend to think that presidents are selected, not elected. But there's things about his circumstance that seems weird. It's like they seem like they really fucking hate him. Yeah. You know, the proverbial capital T they. But um, I'm yeah, I'm not certain. Yeah, it's it's funny uh, talking about Trump and how they hate him. Like, I think they do. And um, I had Robbie Martin on my show a couple weeks and we were talking about the amazing... The, the amazing phenomenon that you have when the neoconservative establishment will not get the candidate that they want, but the candidate that gets in place is still really bad anyways <clears throat> and still does most of the things they want them to do, but they'll still criticize them from the neoconservative side saying like they're not doing enough. So for example, Obama I don't think that they wanted Obama to win. I mean, if you look in 2008, you know, Robert Egan, Bill Kristol, those guys were 100% behind John McCain. But then 
once Obama won, they're like, okay, we can handle this. You know, and they started getting in Obama's ear and Obama surrounded himself with a lot of terrible people too. Um, and ended up being a horrible president, really uh, war hawkish and terrible and all sorts of things. Uh, and the same thing kind of happened with Trump. Like some people bailed, like Robert Kagan and Bill Crystal actually did bail on the Republican Party when Trump won. But then you have people like Mike Pompeo who were like really anti-Trump in the primary and then they jump on board with him after he wins and then john bolton um you know what's the little weasel fuck's name um shift jeff jeff sessions oh yeah, yeah um yeah. you know all these guys that like he's not their preferred dude but they'll get in there and be like okay we can influence this guy to do the things we want him to do and then even if he'll do like most of what we want when he won't do that one thing that we beg him to do we are gonna fucking shit on him in front of the world and make him look like the worst person who's ever been in the Oval Office. So with Trump, like pulling out of Syria, even though we still haven't pulled out of Syria, at least as far as I know, um, you know, just rearranging the troops and moving them away from the Turks. And, you know, that caused this huge uproar that we were betraying the Kurds and stabbing our allies in the back or whatever. And it was like, this guy is doing like almost everything you guys want him to do. Like a couple months after that, he ended up airstriking Soleimani He's been sanctioning the fuck out of Iran. He's been, you know, giving Ukraine all sorts of weapons. He's been doing all these business deals with Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Like, why do you guys hate this guy so much? But it would just be like, he won't do the one thing that you really wanted him to do that Hillary Clinton probably would have done. Or like in Obama's case, when he didn't actually invade Syria or, you know, he'd just he'd show a tiny bit of restraint somewhere. Something that John McCain probably would have just barreled right through they make them out to be like this anti-interventionist danger to the system or something. And it's just like, what are you talking about? You guys have it made with this guy in here, but it's an interesting false dichotomy that they kind of construct and it fools most of the people. It'll fool, you know, all the neocons into thinking that Trump is like this dangerous anti-interventionist dude. And then it also fools a lot of his fans into thinking like, yeah, this guy's really out there stopping the wars and you know rounding yeah. up the pedophiles and it's just like guys none of this is happening you gotta you gotta step back everybody and... is gonna be left disappointed yeah exactly oh uh, yeah that, <laughs> you, you pretty much nailed it right there bro and it almost doesn't matter like what his intentions are like maybe he doesn't even know he's the mark you know what i mean he could right. just because he is all ego like if it's all about him and he gets to drive big trucks and do the things and throw parades yeah. to me right uh, he might not even know like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Monica Perez has a great term that the, the face job, you know what I mean? Like these guys who lead the shit rarely think and plot and actually control the thing, whether it's Mark Zuckerberg or Joe Biden or like, you know, they're the face job. The guys who run the shit are behind the scenes whole time. You know? Yeah. Probably the same way for Trump. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I go back and forth between wondering if it's better to have the marginally better president who kind of puts all the anti-establishment people to sleep or if it's better to have a Biden who no one's asleep except for him, you know, while he's president. So, like, if we still had Trump, I, I think things would be marginally better a little bit here and there. But there was just so much denial from the Republicans that anything bad was going on while he was president. 
And it was kind of the same with Obama, like a bunch of these people who hated Bush, who were against the Iraq war and everything. Once Obama came in and, you know, started all the shit with Libya, Syria, uh, Yemen, they're just like, la, 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 la. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, like, stop telling. It almost makes me wish like McCain had won instead of Obama. It's like, okay, if you have all these anti-war left wingers and they hate Bush and then McCain comes in, maybe they would have like actually applied some meaningful pushback and i feel the same way with the republicans now with biden because when trump was president we had insane spending bills that just went right through congress you know they'd have like two or three republicans vote against them and now there's like almost gridlock if it's a bill that's half as big as one that trump yeah. you know signed or whatever and Bro. it's like we can't do this this is fiscally irresponsible and all the republicans are like putting their feet down and i'm like so I tend to lean toward the more accelerationist side. Like it's better to have someone really bad, really transparently bad in there because then that kind of puts the brakes on everything. But I, I don't know what dude, you think. I absolutely agree. Can you imagine if Hillary were president instead of oh, Trump? Yeah. Hillary never could have closed su church on Sunday on e uh, no. Easter Sunday. No. That never could have <laughs> happened under her watch. Only Trump yeah. could do it because he's the best. He could do it. Part of the deal. Um, so I feel like like, I think you're right. I think in 2008, dude, can you imagine if instead of Barack Obama, the, ch the hope and change candidate, we would have got the third term of George W. Bush? Yeah. The, the anti-war movement would still be around. It probably would have had a bigger, you know, there was, I think the biggest anti-war protest ever was in like 2007. Probably would have got bigger than that. Yeah, maybe, dude. I think that's what they do, though. Like, Obama was there to, one hammer that healthcare thing day one as soon as you get in but also suppress the anti-war left yeah. that's like the function of obama and trump's you know came back in he plays like that kind of cowboy uh, like george bush does like you people go through this uh the public goes through this like pendulum swing of like what they're kind of in the mood for right yeah. uh, just, that's what i feel like anyway and going back to like you know 2000 and, and till now um yeah people were ready for for something other than bush and yep. uh that's what they do they give you what you want but it's going to be brought to you by citigroup yeah <laughs> exactly you know what i look for is if somebody is really against the flow they're going to get like no media coverage so like ron paul rand paul tulsi gabbard none of those people got like any media coverage and whenever they did it was either this person's an idiot or this person's a traitor right. where with trump there was this weird phenomenon he just had like all all the wall-to-wall -wall coverage that he could have ever dreamed of it was i mean he would say something you know a bit off the wall or whatever and it's all every news media outlet would talk about for two days um that was like one of my red flags with him actually it was like okay if this guy is really like actually trying to put a damper on things and try to you know stir things up and change the way uh the direction of this country is going like it seems like they wouldn't be giving him all this attention they'd be trying to like snuff him out maybe he was just so big and such a bombastic personality that there was nothing they could do but that did always like kind of make me wonder because every other person that i'd supported um you know they would do the suppression game like they wouldn't ask them any questions wouldn't have them on where with him it was like as much exposure as possible 
So I don't well, know. Well, that was their, uh, wasn't that the strategy, the Pied Piper thing? Yeah. They wanted to like promote him. Yeah. To, you know, maybe that was, I, I imagine that's, let's just take the WikiLeaks as, you know, legit. But yeah, yeah. hey, let's, let's promote this as much. I heard that Democrats are doing that right now in 2022, like funding America First candidates because they think that that will be the easier knockdown uh, target. Dude, Chris Coons. Deep state extraordinaire Chris Coons, Delaware senator, uh, had to beat Christine O'Donnell in in 2010. She was the anti-masturbation crusader, the Wiccan. <laughs> remember, I don't know if you remember yeah. her, dude. But she was like this kind of like the first, like she was around like the Sarah Palin days of like post Tea Party where they it had it had been corrupted, you know, and they started just throwing you these like kind of Rick Perry caliber Republicans claiming to be that. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's if dude, that's all he had to do in blue Delaware was knock over this late. You know, like that's pretty, that's an easy installation for a deep stater. He's been there for 12 years. Not to put the tinfoil hat on too tight, but you know, (laughs) yeah. So uh, let's, let's put the tinfoil hat on a little bit. So, um, I have friends who like absolutely hate Alex Jones. They hate Jason Burmis. They hate anyone having to do with loose change. I don't hate those people. I don't have a reason to because it's not like what I make my living off of. It's not like my passion or whatever. It's something I'm interested in. I'm very interested in 9-11 mm-hmm. um, and, you know, a couple other conspiracy theories. But um, I find Alex Jones entertaining. Like I, uh, I'd love to have him on the show at some point. Like that would be that would be pretty. Wouldn't cool. that be amazing? But, uh, yeah. It would. <laughs> but um, I find him mostly entertaining. I do think that he delegitimizes a lot of stuff because what he does is he he just kind of adds a lot of fantastic extra kind of bullshit onto something, and I feel like. What that does is if you ever try to tell somebody that something is awry or something weird is going on, they'll instantly attach all the extra baggage that he brings with it to whatever you're saying. And then you can never interest them in anything legitimate anymore because they start thinking of interdimensional, you know, shape-shifting demon invaders or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Uh, do you think he's done more to wake people up or more to p- turn people off? Because I could be wrong about that. Um, I mean, I definitely think he turns off like th- the audience that watches The View, like they are they are disgusted with Alex <laughs> Jones. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I definitely mm-hmm. will accept that I'm in the minority. Let me let me say this first, dude. I don't like I don't have the InfoWars app on my phone. I don't remember the last time I've watched like a a full episode of that. It's probably been a decade. Mm-hmm. What my interest in right now is the precedent that's going to be set when they fry him again. Yes. Like in 2018, yeah. you and I are perfect examples. Hmm. I wonder what this is going to look like in a couple of years for content creators who are saying Liberty shit. Well, we're yeah. fucking experienced. We know what that is. That's CIA, literal CIA agents determining what the rules and standards are for Facebook. No wonder I can't fucking stream there right now. Um, Twitter's, I mean, obviously these are, if anybody throws out the, well, it's a private company, bro, you're retatted. So, um, these are all tools of, of the government, you know, if, if not like directly, you know, I mean, there's definitely a quid pro quo there. Um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, th that's what I'm interested in. W what's going to happen? You know, we just saw uh, a gun manufacturer get sued, and they I think that because that manufacturer was out of business and they sued the insurance company that insured that manufacturer, the insurance company was like, yeah, we'll pay it. So they got mm -hmm. this, there's been like a historic precedent set with people suing a gun manufacturer for like a death. And now you got Alex Jones who... I guess, dude, I don't know all the charges, but like said things that you didn't like about an event. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm still having a really hard time with this. So you and I last week, we were talking about Nick Fuentes. Right. Like yeah, it doesn't make a deal. fucking difference what he, you know, I don't, I never watched his show. If he yeah. said some shit that sucks, uh, the show to me and I'll tell you if I agree with that or not. It's absolutely irrelevant. Mm -hmm. The precedent that's going to be set with him he says X, Y, and Z, so we get to take his money. Like, this yeah. is all what I'm trying to point the finger at. And that's yeah. when, when I talk about conspiracy theories, I'm not talking about fucking holograms or fucking aliens. I'm not talking about flat earth. I'm talking mm -hmm. about dudes colluding to fuck regular people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. that's where I'm interested, you know? Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, man. Like, regardless of what you feel about any of these people who have been deplatformed or shut down or sued or uh attacked by the government like regardless of what you feel about their personal views if you're cheering that on in any way just realize you could be next you know because oh, yeah. um like yeah i mean if you like i i'm a i'm a uyghur genocide denier <laughs> you know you know, you know like I, I haven't seen any evidence of that being true like I guess it could be, but you know, it's all eyewitness accounts that they have. They don't have any tangible evidence of organ harvesting taking place in camps uh, in China directed at the Uyghurs or whatever. If I'm wrong about that, like I've done shows with Patrick McFarlane and uh, I did one with um, I think Dave DeCamp talking about it too. Nice. Like if I was if I was wrong about that. And there are Uyghur camps where they are, um, you know, har harvesting people's organs. I guess those people have a right to be offended that I said that. Like, sure. But should I get in legal trouble for that? Uh, and I, I think, with a, uh, at least with a lot of these people, it's not that they're even, like with me, like I didn't straight up actually deny the possibility of this taking place. But I said, there's no proof of it. And if you look at who's pushing this stuff, should take everything that's said about it with a grain of salt, which I think is similar to what Alex has said about Sandy Hook. I don't know. all. I don't I haven't like like you. I don't watch his show all the time. And so I don't know everything that he said about it or whatever. But I think it was mostly questions or whatever. I mean, if we start getting to the point where you can't question things because people died during something you know that's bad it's like you know yeah people died in sandy hook yeah well people died in iraq too people died in all these things and if we're not allowed to ask questions about something because people died that's a pretty dangerous territory to be you know to yeah. be marching toward we the, where people died they're the ones we should be asking the most questions about and if someone is wrong the way to illuminate the truth is to just allow more information around the subject. Like once you start not allowing people to talk about whatever subject it is, it just gives them more reason to believe that you're trying to hide something. 
Dude, absolutely. And I was paying pretty close attention to stuff in 2011, 2012 when that happened. And, you know, I'm not going to go deep in anything. I'm just going to say there were some compelling arguments being made at the time. Uh, I'll just say that, and I'll end it there. But it doesn't matter how disgusting or detestable his opinion is or how weird or whatever outrageous the the theory is. Like, that's... It's insane that we're saying, all right, like, he had a gross conspiracy theory that you didn't like and that it upset some parents who lost their kids. Like, that's... Okay, that's awful. So you want to... You want... You need $150 million then? Mm-hmm. Is that what you need to make it better? You need Alex Jones's money? Okay. And, the, again, the precedent that's going to be set from this, um, I, don't, I don't even know. Dude. I wonder what, that, what that's going to look like, but... um. I don't know. Maybe he's a taint agent. Maybe this is the function of Alex Jones to like fuck up the social media shit. You know what I mean? Come on over here. Fuck this up. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to wonder like how much of everything is actually controlled. You know, like how deep does it go? Um, Because some people are so blue pilled. They think it's George W. Bush versus John Kerry. Like that's the good guy versus the bad guy. Right. And then you reach another level and it's like, no, 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 no. It's more like Trump versus, you know, Hillary. That's good versus bad. And then, no, 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 no. It's more like, you know, Tulsi versus, you know, the DNC. And then you're like, well, actually, even Tulsi is kind of messed up on like you just like keep going down the rabbit hole and you just <laughs> yeah. like keep realizing like, holy shit. Like, where does this Whoa, end? Tulsi where... was in the CFR. Holy shit. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's. It's uh, it's interesting to wonder how deep it all goes. Like, what at what level are things controlled, or is it not really as controlled as we think it is? And this is just people following their own incentives, or is there actually some sort of orchestrated plan taking place? I don't know. Like, it's interesting to wonder. I don't think any of us really know. So, it's definitely fun don't to know. talk about <laughs> my 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 inclination and my feeling is that the cathedral or the state or Goliath or the system or whatever you want to call it, it's the name of its game is order and control and centralization. Those are like what it wants to do and what it's focusing on all the time. And us as humanity are always trying to, we are, we are chaos because we are free. Uh, that's that other, right? You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm not saying that society shouldn't have order in it. I'm just saying that humanity's destiny, if you're an anarchist anyway, is to be free. And right. that's what we're fighting against. And I think that they're having trouble, man. This is if you want to get the white pill. I think they're having trouble jamming the signal. Like they had it easy with Walter Cronkite, three three network channels. And everybody just went home, did the same thing. People like yearn for that shit. It's like, that's not, it wasn't good. Just you Mm -hmm. were, everybody was fast asleep. So like, this might be a painful wake up for humanity that we have to go through. Um, But I think we'll be okay. I think that they can't manage the chaos. I think that's, ultimately they will fail to do that. Um, Because centralization will fail. Like, right, The, the managerial state won't be able to manage the thing. They just, they can't do it. So what is it that inspires you to 
do this? Like, why do you care? Because I, I know, I think, at least I think, like me, you're not a religious person. Uh, so what, what is it that makes you want to fight back? And why does it all matter at the end of the day to you? Dude, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, actually. And I'm not religious, though. I do want to go back to the 90s and apologize to the little ass, like I was an asshole, to like the, the religious right. Fuck you uh-huh. guys. Blame them for everything. And um, I was wrong about that. You know, ra- you know um, I would much rather hang around right now like a f- any religious Christian, whatever. I don't care who you are. Just a like a regular traditional person rather than like some nihilistic asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I don't know, man. When I, from a young age was just like untrusting of the system or whatever. And Mm -hmm. being anti-war because that was like, I don't know, I was 20 when nine 11 happened. So like, I felt like my, my whole paradigm was fucking shifting because I was like just ignorant living in like 1990s America. It's like the best thing. It's just the best possible scenario. And then that happens, so you're like, oh my god, this is all thrown into chaos and whatever. But as shitty as it was for like an American man to experience that, it's like it was way more fucked up and apparent to me that you can't go murder people overseas because somebody did something to you over here. And I remember like, I don't know, for years, man, I felt like I could just tell people like, yo, they're killing people over here because, you know, isn't that crazy? And like, not only... You know, you just don't win people over like that, man. I don't, I just thought that that would be an absolute deal breaker for anybody like in touch with their humanity. Like we can't be mm-hmm. just housing people for, oh, and it's, here's the five year anniversary for nine 11. We're still over here. Here's the 10 year anniversary. I'm still yelling at people clucking on the internet. Um, 20 year, you know, like, dude, it's just, yeah. and we're still in that paradigm though. Like ever, we have been in the permanent emergency state. Since I was 20 years old, I'm 41. Mm-hmm. Everything, it's, you got to look at that like as the epicenter of that new phase, not just for America, but for the globe, right? And now we're yeah. entering a new one with the World Economic Forum, UN agenda. The petrodollar is out. The corporatists that are gutting this country are cool with that because we're moving on to CBDCs and we're not going to control people with oil anymore. We're going to control them with fucking medical tyranny and we got all kinds of other stuff and battery cars that they won't be able to fucking drive far and all kinds Mm -hmm. of stuff. So, um, what keeps me going, dude? I don't fucking know. I feel like, you know, my friends and talking about it, like this is, uh, there's a reason people pay hundreds of dollars to go to talk to a therapist, right? You just, you got to talk it (laughs) out, right? Yeah. Um, don't spend hundreds of dollars. Watch Dave versus Goliath and the naturalist capitalist. Instead, it's free. Way better use of your money and time. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely. Uh, But honestly, it does help, man. And, you know, we got to get the message out and we got to have fun while we do it. And I always try to remind myself if if we can't laugh, they win or they've won. Like if we can't have fun, you're not a religious guy. So we have one life to live. Yeah. You think I'm going to let these bastards fuck my life up? Shit. I'm going to have some fun. You know what I mean? I got a beautiful girl in there dog and a cat pantry full of food you know fat sack of weed like life is good you know what i mean yeah um so i don't know man i do feel like lucky i don't want to be an ingrate 
I want to I want to preserve what we've been you know afforded here. Um, life in America in the '90s was pretty sweet, and we're probably never going to get back. But like, I want to be the guy who goes, "The '90s was sweet." Here's why it was great, you know, like um, before the 9-11, all the shit that these, you know, poor kids, man, they'll never know. You know, 20-year-old kid will never know pre-9-11 life. Um, I know you were a Bush kid in 2004. I saw that picture. Oh, yeah, you've seen that one. (laughs) It's great. I I just gotten all the skeletons out of my closet. Like there's pictures of me in World War II uniforms from when I was reenacting and making movies. Like I've just put it all out there because it's like, you guys are going to find this one way or the other. And if I'm just more upfront about it, it's, it's easier. So getting, getting all that out there. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, man, the nineties, I remember the nineties, they were good. I was just a kid, but um, I remember flying on a plane in 1999, just how easy it was to get on there and yep. how low stress everything was. And um, I, I take it to another level. Like it's, it's not just the, like the the kind of the easygoingness of the 90s i miss i miss like i I miss the cars from the 90s i miss like i miss a ton of things it it was like the 90s was where we kind of peaked like it was we had harnessed technology to do what we wanted it to do but it didn't own us yet Bro, this is what fucking Morpheus said to Neo in the goddamn Matrix, bro. You believe the year is 1999. This is the peak. (laughs) This is as good as it's going to get right now. But, I mean, it it was like, you know, everything everything worked and we'd figured a ton of shit out and we were amazing ourselves with all our inventions or whatever, but we hadn't reached the point where they were controlling us yet. We were still kind of at the wheel, you know, figuratively and literally. And now we're literally not even at the wheel anymore. Like your cars drive you around and your phone kind of owns you now. Like, I mean, your social media life, you know, is, uh, is a slave master, you know, like all this stuff has turned and started controlling us. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's any going back because it, it makes sense, right? Like that's the, that's the problem. You can't fight, you can't fight like this new technological, idiocracy that we live in because it in a backwards sense in a backwards way it just makes sense you know like it makes sense for you to be able to just order your food on your phone and facetime anyone from anywhere on the planet and you know be able to share your pictures to thousands of people at one time instead of mailing them you know in letters to all your friends so they could see what's going on like none of that shit makes any sense and i feel like there's no real way to avert the i don't know what you call it just the the blob that we're becoming like if yeah that's what i really want to figure out like is there a way to still advance technologically without becoming slaves to the technology and without becoming boring you know just wandering blobs of matter that don't do anything anymore because everything interesting about us is because of struggles we've had to overcome. Like when you look at past inventions, it's all about people figuring out how to get around something like the railroads, the rocket ships, the, you know, cars, uh, you know, everything they made during the wars. It was all figuring out how to get to the next level of something. But now we're not removing any obstacles to uh, 
to arrive anywhere. Now it's just all about like having everything at your fingertips without any effort on your behalf at all. And that's where I think it like made a turn and became yeah. self-destructive. Dude, everything, the American experience, you said become a, you know, if you're not careful, you become a blob. The American experience, and I think this is done by design, you live your life by proxy in almost every example of your life. Forget wars, which are always fought by proxy now, right? We're fighting a war right now through NATO over there because, but it's, it, America's at war right now, right? We're just right. not doing it. We don't feel it because we're not doing it. You, 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 every time you order, you know, food that's delivered to your door, like you did not go out and get that food. You, did, you don't have to think about like just delivered to you. If you have a right. babysitter that takes care of your kid every day or a nanny or something like that, you are proxying. Uh, or, or you send them to public school, you just proxied out, you know, raising your kid for eight hours a day. Like, yeah. it's it's really taking away the human experience. And I've really thought about this a lot the past couple of years. Like, holy shit, what's the, what's the answer? Like, I have a, I love where I live in a beautiful historic town. But I'm like, I've thought like, should we like move off the grid talking to my girl? Like what, right. what is the answer to this? Should we get chickens and all these things like top lobster? I think he's got to figure it out though. Like you don't have to move away from everything. Mm -hmm. It's cool to have, you should have grass and you should have a garden and you should be able to like, you know, have a couple months worth of food. I think that's the sweet spot, man. But like, yeah, I think at the end of the day I've thought about it and I don't, I don't want to miss all the cool shit. I want I want to be able to talk to people right. you know who from New Hampshire and like use all this cool technology. I like yeah. playing around with these phones. Um, yeah, it's so, so funny I, for me to be complaining about it while I, I'm complaining about it to you on a screen where I'm talking right. with you, you know, at the same time when you're, you know, a few hundred miles away from me. It's <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. I get the contradiction though. I understand yeah. why you're thinking about it and putting, you know, thought into that because yeah, like do we want to do we want to live like, do we want to just be like the plugged in kind of like, you know, whatever potato, just whatever soon with the meta glasses and stuff, you know, where the end yeah. result of this all is. Um, but I think, yeah, again, like that, the yin and yang bro, order chaos. We got to just kind of ride the line and get the best of both worlds. Maybe. Yeah. Well, sweet man. Um, I'm going to show your YouTube channel on the screen here. This is the link I dropped it in the live chat. So if you guys are watching this, live just click on that link that brings you to his youtube channel make sure you subscribe if you're listening to this it will be linked in the description and you can go check him out but uh dave i know you're always getting banned like you you put me to shame i think you've gone through like six or seven twitter accounts in the time i know you i've only yeah, done two it's five or six yeah you're always getting you know uh you're always getting uh, suspended temporarily on Facebook. You can't live stream, can't post, can't like, yep. you know, all that shit's going on. So, I, dude, I'm not even that based. I'm pretty normal. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not even doing anything that crazy. Um, so, yeah, I really got to I got to figure out that shit. Um, so but, yo, I heard you're on Telegram. Me and you should get on TikTok, bro. That's that's yeah. the gold rush. Let's get on there and fuck that shit up. We'll get banned really fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's. <laughs> I think Jeremy Kaufman's banned off TikTok just for yeah. posting his crazy you know, he had crazy plays it. on there meant like many hundreds of thousands of yeah. clicks on that video and they yeah canned him it's the content people crave but they're not allowed to have it so where can uh 
is it just YouTube? Is that the most reliable place? Or do you have like a home base that is a free speech hub where you can't get banned off of? Or what, what's the deal? I'm working on that, man. I want to, I want to, yeah. I, I mean, I, the guy who does it right is uh, Dan Smots at The System is Down. I got to have my own website and a place where I can do all that. But no, right now, YouTube's the best place. Everything gets backed up to Odyssey. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and, uh, I'm hiding in the rafters in Twitter. <laughs> Only a few privileged people know who he is. That's right. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Good Appreciate conversation. You, Definitely do it again. Uh, any final thoughts you want to leave the audience with before we, before we close the show out? Yeah. Um, we got to stick up for, you know, even the people that we find detestable. And um, if it if it affects you, just be selfish. Like everybody thinks you are. You're a libertarian. Be selfish. Look out for your own rights. And um, and uh, yeah, so Alex Jones was right. <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, thanks for watching, everyone. I will be speaking tomorrow in Orlando at Young Americans for Liberty. I'll just be there one day, uh, flying right down and right back up. <clears throat> and then uh, I'll be... I'll probably be out of commission all next week. I'll be up in Maine um, off the grid for a few days. So I might be doing a show on Friday next week. But other than that, uh, not much going on. So uh, please share the videos. I I've actually noticed a decline in activity on YouTube. And uh, like, you know, I, I was getting more views in 2021 when I was talking with some nobody than when I was talking to Ron Paul. So I don't think that's actually natural. I think that's some sort of algorithmic suppression. And I also don't have Twitter anymore. Uh, so if you guys could share these videos around and like and leave comments on them, just get the algorithms trending or whatever, uh, would really help me out. So just I uh, appreciate all the support. And uh, thanks for watching the show. And we'll catch you guys on the next live stream.